0: Hey Waffle Gang, I do hope you are well. My name is Mark and today we're checking out some more relationship stories. And if you do love a Reddit story, why not consider hitting the like, subscribe, maybe that notification bell too. Let's crack on with today's first story. Now, today's first story comes from a throwaway account who says, Am I the asshole for not wanting my husband to have access to my inheritance? My mother passed away last year, and the entire process is about to come to an end in just a few weeks. For the past six months, my husband has been looking at a multitude of things that on a regular day, we definitely can't afford. He'd have to use credit or save up for weeks or months. A person can wish for stuff or want to work towards a treat for themselves, but he hasn't made an effort to save up for these expensive purchases. Instead, he's been asking for updates on the legal process and asking how much longer it's going to take. He's even asked me several times about an estimated amount. I've given him very little to no information because at this time, things can still drastically change. With a creditor popping up and saying that money is owed or etc. He's not the most responsible person with money. I've managed to finance his full time for the past three years straight. He used to manage our finances, but he has a history of sabotaging our financial goals and blowing our budgets. My intention is to use half of my inheritance to move our family into a house, then save 40% to help my children in the future, like graduations, college trips, their first cars, etc., and have a small emergency fund. Something we couldn't do before this because my husband kept giving his money to his side of the family to help them with bills, grocery, legal troubles, etc draining our accounts and leading our family to homelessness three separate times. I understand that if it's family, you have to try and help somehow. But letting your three children and wife become homeless because an adult family member couldn't be responsible enough to pay their own bills or got into legal trouble is a hard thing for me to fully understand. I really don't want to wake up one day and find out that every cent has been spent behind my back. I'd like to open an account in my name and follow through with the plan I mentioned above. He has made it clear that he intends to buy a new vehicle, tech, game system, and other items just for him. Not our children or to improve our family's future. When I talk about investing or saving, he says that life is too short for that. I told him that it wasn't about us. It was about our children. And his response was that when our children become adults, they should work for what they want. That statement seems backwards considering his actions as of late. I know for sure that if his parents pass, we will have to pay off their debts and cover all the unknown costs out of pocket. Financially speaking, I started my marriage with my husband completely debt-free and I've worked for years to finally get him to be debt-free as well. But over the past 10 years, he's paid off his parents' credit card and IRS debts. They live paycheck to paycheck and think saving money is pointless. I'm not sure if I'm making the right choice, but I really just want my children to have the same happy and stress-free childhood I had. Am I the asshole? And I'll post an update on Tuesday, which we have here as well. So you asked the question if you're the asshole for not wanting your husband to have access to that inheritance, and then you gave us loads of huge red flags why you shouldn't do so. You've been homeless three times because of him giving money away to his family? seems madness to me don't get me wrong i'm a big family person and i understand wanting to care for your family but at the expense of your wife and children seems crazy and the fact he's asking for updates on this money and he's already got plans to buy a new vehicle tech game system yeah why would you let him have access to this money but i think it's a lot deeper than this with your relationship and what's going on but Tabby Cat 4 says not the asshole inheritance isn't marital property But you need to be straight up with him and tell him he isn't going to have access to it. You're going to have to have enough spine to put your foot down. If he doesn't like it, let him leave because it doesn't sound like he's contributing anything. Edit. Thanks for the awards, I wasn't expecting to have the top comments. And please read the other comments and talk to someone that can give you financial advice and help you protect that money. Keep it wholly separate from any joint funds. Don't even use the same bank if you don't have to and don't tell him when you have it. Be prepared for an epic tantrum when he finds out he isn't going to spend your money. Murphy suggests, not the arsehole and get a lawyer to help set everything up so he has no claim to the money ever. Open a separate account and don't put his name on the house deed. Also, are you in the US? Because you won't have to pay off his parents' debts. It comes out of their estate and if the estate doesn't have any money, it doesn't come from family. Yuki says, not the asshole. Do not tell him how much it is and do not let him access any of it. He is not entitled to your inheritance. It's yours and yours alone. He has proven that he cannot manage money and it's no wonder, even his parents are not responsible either. For the sake of your kids, protect this money from him. Put it into an account only you have access to and make sure your kids are the beneficiaries on any accounts you set up, including investment accounts. If you use part of the money to buy a house, put only your name on the deed and set it up so your kids inherit it if something happens to you. Every response to this was anything other than, you are right. Consider whether you want to stay with someone who would rather spend money on himself than help your kids have a better future. If a new car is more important to him than college for your kids, your goals are not aligned, and it's not going to change. He is who he is. Brief Horror says, you're the arsehole. Why are you still married to him? You're risking the entire future of your kids to be with a guy who couldn't find fiscal responsibility given an X marks the spot map and a guide. He can still just spend the money without knowing how much it is and you'll be responsible for the fallout and have to use the inheritance anyway. LV16 says not the asshole and quotes leading our family to homelessness three separate times then says I'm sorry, what? How on earth are you even entertaining the idea of giving him any kind of access to a large amount of money? Looks to me like he has told you many times what he's going to do with that money. He's going to blow it, just like he has been doing. He's going to blow the money, your investment plans, and your kids' futures. Sorry, but I'd have divorced his ass ages ago. If you hand out money to the point of making me homeless, there's no way in hell that trust could be earned back. The pissed off goose asks a question saying, Info, why would you keep letting this man make your children homeless? Which OP responded saying, I wasn't letting him. I thought it was a mistake on my part until recently. The first time was in the hospital for over a week after a difficult pregnancy and delivery with our first child. At that time, I gave him full control over our finances because I wasn't even healthy enough to walk from one room to another on my own. A Month after I got home, we had to move into a hotel. The second time was shortly after our second child was born. I'd saved a small baby fund to purchase toys, furniture, and other baby supplies to make things easier. He had full control for about four months before we had to move again. And the last time was after our last child was born. I Had a tough recovery from surgery with multiple complications. I honestly didn't get a full picture of what was going on until after we had to move a third time. That's when I started digging. I thought that I was bad at financial planning, spending too much, or not accounting for our expenses like hospital bills. But I kept finding questionable transactions. When I confronted him about it, he told me everything. I thought we kept going homeless because of the hospital bills or something else that was my fault. But now I know he was buying things and giving money to family members behind my back. Due to the character limit on this post, I could only glaze over things. So then OP updated the post, which says, Thank you to everyone who gave me the advice I needed. My mum was the only person I trusted enough to ask for advice on serious issues. Thanks for the awards and giving awards to those who gave me sage advice. I wasn't expecting any response and my post to be buried by more interesting ones. Maybe five at most. Some people ask questions that I would not like to address. On the off chance that my husband, his family, or friends find this, I would like to keep those details to a minimum. So I can have the time, I need to ensure that my children will be properly cared for and safe. You're all correct. I was a shit parent in the past. I was too focused on making the money for our financial goals and not paying attention. I was too trusting without doing my due diligence. For that bit, I can accept responsibility and fight tooth and nail to make changes to be a better person and parent for my children. I spent two days lining up appointments for the first week of October when I know I have time alone to handle everything privately. I found a divorce attorney, a financial advisor, and a bank that's a bit out of the way. I also made an appointment to visit the firm handling my mum's estate to find out what my options are with them. Everyone was correct about their assumption that I live in the US. That's the most I can say. Some things to clarify. I truly am unsure of what kind of financial ties my husband has created with his family members. That's why I said that if his parents pass, I'm sure there will be debts to pay. But I'm definitely not going to be around long enough to finance it. A lot of people ask how I could be with him, and it wasn't like this while we dated and after we got married. It probably started midway through my fourth pregnancy with our now firstborn. It made sense that all of the trouble we faced just to have a child could have drained us. I believed because we kept all of our bills paid and filed away my binder of medical bills was three inches thick from my first pregnancy to the day our firstborn came home from the nicu with that in mind i just accepted it as a blanket reason for everything each time he would reopen that wound about how expensive it was for all of that how it's going to be more expensive the next time i purposely had a birth control procedure done after i had a near-death experience with my last child I did it for health and moral reasons. I never told him about the procedure. I'm still with him because my situation isn't so cut and dry. I had to dig our family out of a hole and got an apartment. I tried to create as much stability as possible to focus on my mum. All of this came around the time I was taking care of my mum. From the day I first took her to the hospital last year, I had to table it until now and that was the end of Opie's post with no further updates as of yet but what do you guys make of this situation let me know your thoughts down in the comments below and let's move on to another many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out my solution is plush care and our next story isn't an updated story but it is one from the entitled parents side of things so usually it can get a bit wild i don't know if it's going to yet i haven't read it but the title itself is karen's middle seat not actually hers and it's from sunny kl so we're going to get involved another karen on a plane post reminded me of this lovely experience last month due to the new procurement process clusterfuck at work nobody cares about i booked a flight to my conference destination really late All that was left were middle seats or ponying up personally for an upgrade, which wasn't going to happen for a relatively short flight. Out in the boarding area, they announced many, many times that it was a full flight and kept begging people to gate-check their bags. It wasn't subtle. After they let all the military, first class, frequent flyers, and blah, blah, need more time people board, my group got to plod down the jetway. Once we got onto the plane, I could see my fate before me a wild karen was sitting in an aisle seat the middle was piled up with karen crap backpack electronic devices stuffed animals snacks and a miniature karen was over in the window seat happily kicking the empty seat in front of her so hard it was visibly shaking joy that's count rose definitely mine when i got to the row i pointed to the middle seat to indicate it's mine karen did not budge or move a single thing from the crap henge I tried again with the whole sorry that's my seat routine she snapped at me sit somewhere else i'm all can't do that full flight this is my assigned seat well karen wasn't having that did i know what kind of day she'd had it had started the day before their flight was diverted they missed their connection they slept in the airport overnight they just need a little space sit somewhere else and she shoved her knees up full against the seat in front of her, walking my way into the crappy even before she loaded it with a Karen cruft middle seat. Then she shut her eyes and pretended to be asleep. I slammed the flight attendant button over her head and awkwardly crouched in the row behind so people can get past. We'd already made a scene and clogged up boarding. As I crouched there, I realized nothing about Karen's story made sense. We weren't at a big city airport where flights sometimes get diverted. We're at the tiny regional airport that only had a couple of airlines that flew to a few major hubs no connections happened there there also wasn't a bunch of other people griping about misconnections diversions or haven't slept in the airport when a tiny regional has that happen you know everybody knows karen was probably full of shit anyhow a saintly flight attendant sfa arrived to ask what was wrong she checked my ticket yeah, that was unfortunately my seat. Then she asked Karen to see hers in the kids' tickets. Karen kept her eyes closed and continued to pretend to be asleep. I don't know how she thought that would work, but the flight attendant shook her shoulder several times and kept speaking loudly to her. You must remember, boarding is going on all around this. People were hefting bags, trying to find seats, and the usual loud mayhem. It was ridiculous. SFA finally told Karen that if she didn't respond, paramedics would be called about an unresponsive passenger. That got Karen's attention. She popped up and demanded, What? I'm trying to sleep! (laughs) And then went off on the same rant she made at me about her travel nightmare and needing the space. SFA explained that it was a full flight and all the seats were booked. Standby passengers were waiting for any extras, and Karen needed to let me sit. This sent Karen into Wales over being separated from her baby by a stranger. SFA pointed out that she booked the aisle and window seats herself leaving that separation. So she could either ask me to swap or sit in them as assigned. That set her off on another rant. Apparently some frequent flyer slash travel advice site out there says to book the window and aisle and hope nobody sits in the middle so you get a free space. I imagine this works on flights that aren't full. This one was full. Karen swore she got that tip for how to get an extra seat free off of an airline's website. And threw quite the shit fit that after they told her to do that, she was being punished by being separated from her baby. Meanwhile, the people in the row in front arrived and Minnie Karen was still kicking away like she was in soccer practice. It was so bad the guy in the window seat didn't even want to sit down. He leaned over and asked the kid to stop kicking. Minnie Karen let out an unholy wail of, Stranger! Stranger! had apparently been trained to do if a stranger spoke to her. Karen turned on her screaming fit at the flight attendant to take in the scene of the adult man in the front row looking at her child in horror and the child wailing stranger at the top of her lungs, only to turn right back to the flight attendant while pointing at the dude and demanding, get this pedophile off this plane immediately. That's where flight attendant went from firm and reasonable to utterly brilliant. She sagely nodded at Karen, We can't remove him from the flight because he hasn't done anything to your child. But we can certainly get you to reseated if you're not comfortable with your current location and situation. Gather your things. We'll take you up to the desk and see if there are any upgrades available to the more space seats. It was amazing. Karen puffed up in self-importance as she gathered her now happy spawn and all their crap. She threw elbows like mad shoving her way upstream past all the people still trying to board. She heard the magic words upgrade and she was going to get there before it was gone. I sort of cursed to myself that they probably were upgrading her to make her calm the bleep down, and was not thrilled that a ridiculous display worked. The attendance co-worker came back to ask if I preferred the window or aisle to my middle seat. Aisle thanks, at least I got that right. It got better. Attendant's co-worker explained that I could relax because Karen and EK wouldn't be returning. There were no upgrades it was faster and easier to get them off a flight than calling security. They filled the seats with waiting standby passengers and presumably Karen had plenty of space to sit next to a mini Karen in the terminal while waiting for the next flight. Well played, SFA. Well played. Now I'm gonna turn that one straight to you guys. As I said, it was the crazy entitled parents kind of stuff that we used to cover a long time ago and I still do love going back there every once in a while. Let me know your thoughts on that one and before you go hold up a couple of seconds she got a cheeky little nice story i think for you from a throwaway account who says my husband is going to be either pleasantly or unpleasantly surprised when he gets home i'm not the best at keeping secrets so it's killing me inside and i wanted to let it out somewhere so here i am yesterday i overheard my husband talking to his friend over the phone about how much he missed his mother's homemade meals we're both indian first-gen americans since we got married a little over a year ago and moved in together we've mainly been cooking easy-to-make meals. We split the cooking 50-50 and keep our meals as healthy as possible while trying out different stuff, but we barely dipped our toes into our own culture's cuisine. There aren't any Indian grocery stores near us, so it's hard to find certain key ingredients, but we figured it was no big deal and gave up on the idea. I had no problem with it, but I didn't know how much he was craving my mother-in-law's food until yesterday. Both of our families live in another state, so it's just the two of us. So I decided to call up my mother-in-law last night to ask her for the recipe of my husband's favorite dish. Once I wrote down everything I needed, I tried looking for the nearest Indian grocery store. Two hours away. Yikes. However, I was in too deep to go back at that point. So I woke up at 5 a.m. today, about six hours before we normally wake up on the weekends and drove to the store to get everything I needed. I made sure to buy in bulk so we could continue to cook more of our favorite meals for a while. Once I got back at around 10.30, I made sure to check if he was still asleep before I brought the grocery bags in, and thankfully he was, so I hid the bags in an empty kitchen cabinet and acted as naturally as I could. Obviously, I needed him out of the house, so I called up one of his close friends to ask if he could hang with him for a few hours, which he was glad to do. So now, I'm home alone. I'm currently working on the recipe my mother-in-law gave me, and I've been struggling a bit, but I'm trying my best. I really hope he loves it or at least appreciates my efforts in the event that it doesn't turn out that great. Kinda nervous though. If this gets any attention, I'll post an update. Edit, I meant to say that we're both second generation Americans. I get the two mixed up and I don't know why. Edit 2 it's got a lot more attention than I thought it would. I frequented back here while I was cooking to upvote all the lovely comments and it really eased my nerves, so thank you all so much and thank you for the awards. We finished eating a few minutes ago and my hubby just hit the shower so I'll have an update soon. And we're going straight into OP's update. The OP updates the post and says I'd finished cooking and setting the table a mere 10 minutes before he got home so I started cleaning up the kitchen as I waited. I had the pleasure of seeing his reaction as soon as he walked in since there's a perfect view of the front door from the kitchen. He was instantly taken aback because the aroma of most Indian food is very much distinct his eyes shot back and forth between me and the food for a few seconds before he asked what was going on. He's usually very calm and collected so it was endearing seeing his emotion written all over his face. He reluctantly inched towards the food and once the realization hit him that it was his mother's recipe, he wore an expression that I hadn't seen before. His voice cracked and it turned into a sob when he thanked me and embraced me in a bone crushing hug. I'm still sore from it. He hasn't cried in front of me in months, so I was just as much, if not more, taken aback than he was. I was supposed to render him speechless, and there I was, at a loss for words. I didn't expect him to react that way in all honesty, and I found myself tearing up too. He had expressed that no one had ever gone out of their way to do something this thoughtful for him, and it made my heart all mushy. Anyway, after we both calmed down and sat down to eat, he could tell I was anxious about him trying it, So he reassured me that nothing could possibly ruin the night unless he gets food poisoning. But even then, he'd vomit his brains out with a smile on his face. His jokes always lighten the mood, so I was grateful for that. And as it turned out, he enjoyed it. Albeit my cooking could never compare to mother-in-law's. He called her up and expressed how happy he was that he got a taste of home after so long. He's been in such a good mood since then and it really puts a smile on my face. I've never really gone out my way to do something this extreme for anyone before, but I didn't even give it a second thought, nor did I for a second regret the four-hour drive, even with these gas prices right now. I'm just happy he loved the dish, and as many of you said, even if it didn't turn out well, he would have still felt the same. I try my best to do nice things for him because he makes me the happiest wife ever. Also, for those curious as to what I made, it was Halim and Nan, He grew up eating it pretty often, and my mother-in-law's food is to die for. I wish I had taken a picture, but my phone had died by the time I was done cooking. Probably because I kept hopping on there, lol. And my husband was too eager to dive in to even think of taking a picture of the food. To me, that just made the moment even more special. Bloody hell, you cheeky so-and-so, you got me tearing up over here. Bloody onion ninjas just setting that scene that you did there where he walks through the door you saw his face he saw yours and you're both getting upset just how happy you've made each other is absolutely so bloody wholesome um i love it and op talking about the aroma when he walked through the door and he could tell because indian food is so distinctive and it just reminds me when my dad was with us sorry i'm not trying to take your op story here but it just brought a story back to my head when next door to my dad lived this this indian family and they used to take care of him even before he was ill they used to take care of him and they used to cook their food when i used to visit my dad you could smell it sometimes coming out the window it's like oh god i just want me some of that and they would always call him over the back garden fence and ask if he wanted some or just packed him some as well and just said here you go my dad's name there you go it's all yours and because sometimes you know he's too proud to take it or whatever absolutely lovely family they're still there to this day and now i appreciate them as well but when op was talking about it i could almost smell it (laughs) it was great but what do you guys make of this story let me know your thoughts down in the comments below i really love a cheeky one like that and hopefully i will see you in the next one take care and much love wake up up, get up up, stretch my legs legs, eat some some, breakfast, breakfast milk and Wash my teeth up, wash my face. On my clothes on, start my day. Wake up, I can smell the smoke from the bacon. Let's go, see the sun shining from the windows. Okay, I know that's a dead Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Geeky Palmer.